Hi all, Chris from Puget Sound Board Game Players. Just a little note before we dive into this episode. We all wanted to apologize unreservedly for the tardiness of this episode. Not to get too deep in the weeds, but one of us was overseas for a year, and there's been some pretty big life changes as of late. At any rate, when we first started this board gaming podcast, the original plan was to release an episode a month. However, now it seems that that horse has already left the barn. Hopefully we'll get better, but no promises. I really appreciate all of you listening. Enjoy. This is Chris with the Puget Sound Board Game Players, and I am once again joined with Pace and Momoko. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Fine, uh, thank you. Just terrific. Terrific? Really terrific. Really? Yeah. What what terrific is going on in your life, Pace? Well, you know, I've got some things lining up. The future's looking bright. Wow. What world do you live in? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what you're implying there. Okay, this is not a political podcast. Yeah, if you're listening to this, you are here to listen about... Your game on. Board games. Yes. So a great way to forget about what's going on in the real world. Are you like, or, or to further explore it in, in more creative and expressive ways. Yes, what better way to forget about your life than play board games? So the first board game we're going to be talking about is Mysterium. This was actually originally a Polish game and it was published in the United States either last year or the year before. And in this game, it's a cooperative game, and one person plays a ghost. And basically, there's been a murder in a mansion, and one person's a ghost, and the other players are psychic mediums trying to basically find out who the murderer is, what they did it with, and in what room they did. Kind of like Clue, in terms of what they're trying to find out. And the ghost is communicating that information through dream cards. Very kind of abstract painting cards. Think of kind of like Dixit. But the pictures are very much open to interpretation. And the ghost is giving them out and trying to steer people in kind of a certain direction. So they will guess the person, the room, and the weapon that each of them are channeling. And if basically if it gets down to the wire, if they, as a group, guess the correct person, room, and weapon, then as a group they all win. But the ghost cannot communicate. The only way the ghost can communicate is through these cards, these picture cards. So I thought it was a very big hit overseas, which is of course why it was published here. And I very much enjoyed it. What did you think of it, Pace? Um, I, I really like games like this because I feel like they're very open-ended in terms of the amount of imagination you can put into it and the way that you can kind of express yourself. That's true. But also, it could also be very punishing on the ghost <laughs> to a degree. Like, yeah. people can blame the ghost saying, what the heck? How is that supposed to mean that? You're trying to get me to say wrench, and you, you showed me a picture of a balloon or, yeah, or whatever. It, yeah. really, it really exposes yeah, individual thought processes and the way that people make associations. And it also illustrates the way in which we have difficulty communicating with each other because... For example, what can be so obvious and precise to the ghost is completely lost on the psychic right. end. So I know when I was the ghost, I would pick up a card and be like, ha, yes, I got it. This is the super easiest. And people you know, would have like problems everybody with would it. get this one. And, and then somebody wouldn't understand it. Well, because the cards, so let's say I'm the ghost and I'm trying to get Pace to guess that he's the limousine driver or whatever. So when the limousine driver card will have a picture of 
the limousine driver, and then it'll have like gloves and maybe a passport and maybe a flag. A so, certain color. A certain color, yeah. So I would try to get Pace to guess those things based on what cards are in my hand. So I can go like the color route, like, oh, his gloves are brown. This card with a rat eating a giant olive is mostly brown, so maybe he'll get it off that. Or if I don't think the color route will work, oh, this has some weird vehicle on it. So maybe he'll guess that he's the driver because this card has some sort of conveyance. Or or this is a card that makes you feel like it's a menacing scene and he has a menacing grimace on his face. Yeah, or he has like the Sweeney Todd looking guy. And this card is very dark. So maybe he'll guess that he's the dark guy. So yes, there's a lot of like, how would this person guess But then, of course, the psychics are like, well, how would they convey that to me? So you're kind of outthinking each other, even though you're all kind of on the same team and you don't want it to backfire. So as the ghost has a very difficult job because you don't know how everyone's going to interpret your cards. But the Mm -hmm. artwork is beautiful, though. I really like how the cards do a good job of conveying kind of this dreamscape or nightmarescape, I guess, depending on the card. The production value, I thought, of the game was uh, very well done. Yeah, the art is actually quite beautiful. Yeah. And you kind of get lost looking at the cards and when I was the ghost, I would look at all the cards and the details, and I noticed that all of my psychic mind readers were getting a little upset because I was taking too much time you, to AP? look at <laughs> look at all the details, and really, I kind of lost myself in the beauty of the game, and I think that took a little bit of a toll on the other players when <laughs> I was playing with them. The artwork definitely really stood out to me. I think it's, as far as games go, it's probably up there as one of my favorite uh, artworks in a game, just because, again, it kind of goes with the whole open to interpretation thing with the way the cards look and stuff. They're all like very, very different. And there's a lot of them too. There's a lot of cards. And it has a really nice board. It kind of makes you think of the different layers of the house and the grounds and those types of things. So I think it's it's kind of three-dimensional in that aspect. So I think it's really well thought out in its dimensions and it makes you think that you're in the house Right. While you're playing the game. Yeah. So I have nothing but good things to say about this game and wholeheartedly recommend it. Yeah, I'm, I'm also completely behind this one. Recommend it. I don't think I'd have to ask Momoko, but I think you like this game a lot as well. Yes, I really liked it. Yeah. And our story tonight, it's a pretty dark story, I would say. Uh, what would you say, Pace? Yeah, it's dark. Dark? It gets dark. gets dark. It's not dark at the beginning. Am I going to have nightmares? Moderately <laughs> dark. I'm pretty susceptible to nightmares. (laughs) Is this going to make me have nightmares? Are you really? But anyway, I kind of took cues from Mysterium. But other than that, nice little gothic story for you. I hope you guys enjoy it. The other board game I want to talk about is New Angeles, a cyberpunk futuristic game by Fantasy Flight. Basically, in the not-too-distant future, players play the roles of these ruthless corporations vying for control of the city New Angeles. Now, New Angeles takes place in the same realm that Android and Android Netrunner take place in. Android Netrunner is probably the most popular game that takes place in that setting, collectible trading card game. New Angeles takes that same setting in the Android universe, but focuses on the city of New Angeles. And basically, everyone takes a, a character, I'm sorry, a corporation, plays a corporation, and they all have their special abilities and they all draw cards according to what they're good at. So for example, Pace was the security corporation and he would draw more security cards than any other cards. I was NBN, they're the media basically, and I drew more media cards. And Momoko, who were you? 
Jinteki, Jinteki, yeah. and you drew more medical, like medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of cool in the game is you are working against each other, but then at the same time, you are trying to mitigate gangs and riots and disease and outages yes and technology outages out of the city because you want a functioning city because if the city gets too completely fucked then the government steps in and everyone loses in that sense it's co-op unless you are the federalist yes so after you determine what corporation you are everyone will draw a card and they'll have a rival so what's kind of neat is you're you're playing for this influence and as long as you have more influence than your rival you're considered a winner. However, if you're the Federalist and stuff gets too out of control and the government steps in, we can assume that that corporation has like some sort of government contract or something, however you want to justify it thematically, then the Federalist wins. So very nice cyberpunk Blade Runner setting, beautiful board, huge board. You have workers that riot that you're trying to mitigate because they don't like robots taking their jobs. Mm-hmm. You have an economy because mm-hmm. all the cities are producing goods and you want your economy to thrive. So every turn, you want your economy to reach a certain target in like entertainment, tech. I forgot what all the categories are, but you want, you want New Angeles to reach a certain target in each of those. And if you don't, the track will move and the government is that much closer to stepping in. So you're, you're working together to keep the city functional and at the same time serving your own interests so you can get the highest influence. Just like a corporation. Right. And then there's, and then there's little agendas that you can vote on. Uh, like someone will put an agenda in saying, I believe that we should have all the androids move into this city. Or, I believe that we should have a technical outage here. And then everyone will vote on which agenda they want to go through, and then that agenda will pass. And so, often the agenda has something that something good will happen like in, in one place, right. but then you will have to have a heightened power outage in another place. So it's, you always yeah. have to pit those against each other. And it's very difficult for the players to agree. <laughs> yeah, it's about a lot of balancing and, and risk mitigation. Playing it at first, it reminded me a little bit of, especially when you're drawing the cards for each of your corporations, it reminded me a little bit about Battlestar Galactica because Battlestar Galactica, there's almost guaranteed a traitor. In this, I mean, that's what I call the Federalist. In this, the Federalist is the possible traitor, but... There isn't so they want everything to go wrong because they want the government to step in, but there isn't necessarily a federalist. I think oh yeah, when we played our game, Emily was mm. the federalist, and the city ended up getting smashed to smithereens or whatever. But she didn't end up winning because she didn't have enough money to appease the government. Because right. <laughs> there's two conditions actually. If you're the federalist, you have to have a certain amount of influence. And New Angeles has to be thrown to the wolves. So you have two. So she, she, New Angeles was basically clustered, but she didn't uh, have the influence to win. It's funny that she was the one closest to winning because I think she was sleeping the whole game. <laughs> but she definitely wasn't. As I feel like that's a, a trend. There always Someone's seems to be somebody sleeping, and they tend to do really that's, well. Uh, that's more, <laughs> like the more Taoist way to play a board game. This is a game to me that very much depends on the group you're playing with, because. If the group that you're playing with doesn't like negotiation games and a lot of take that, player interaction, you scratch my back, I'll, I'll scratch yours, I don't think they would like this game. Are you looking directly at me as you're saying that? I'm looking at everyone. This is a big studio. Well, you're right. You're, right. you're looking, a, you're you're looking, looking at everyone. No one's got um, studios like we do. Well, I mean, it says New Angeles. 
a game of corporate intrigue, domination, and deception for four to six players. Right. And I'm going to be the first to admit that I was already a little skeptical from the very beginning because although I like intrigue, domination and deception are not my my favorite areas. And that does it not was... come easy to you. <laughs> she was trying to do what's best for the city the entire time. I was. Time. I was I... trying to do what was best for the city the entire time. Yeah. So, so I think she was last place as a result. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to do what was best for New Angeles. No, and... we do what's best for my company. Exactly. NBN. And so oh. it was, it was That's very, where you get very... the news. We're settling the labor for me because this game is kind of like a co-op game but it's not a co-op game and then you have to like throw everybody under the bus and I just couldn't do (laughs) that. That's why it's interesting because you have that fluctuation between what works best at the time with an alliance and then stabbing the corporation that you're working with in the back. Well, yeah, what do you think? I, I did like that kind of blend of game types because it is part co-op, but in its heart, it's really not a co-op it's game. It's like a all. farce. Yeah. It's like a co-op farce. Yeah. No, it's not. It's... I, I wouldn't even say it's a co-op, though. If you have a group that doesn't like to get in each other's face, they probably won't like this game. It's very heavily dependent on player interaction and take that element. What sells the game for me, though, is I'm unapologetically into anything that is uh, cyberpunk or dark future because I think it's kind of an underutilized theme. So that alone is going to sell me on the game. But plus, I like any game with heavy player interaction, no matter what the interaction. So this is a big thumbs up for me. I I love New Angelist. I think it's kind of an underrated game right now. There's not a lot of people talking about it. I would just add that the means for gaining influence was somewhat arbitrary. Yeah. It's based on the cards you drew. Yeah, there's some luck. Same with the stocks, too. You don't know, like, how much you're going to get. You you turn over the card, and it's like, this is what went up, or whatever. Right. Turn by turn, your immediate objectives may completely flip right so yeah there is a little bit of a luck thing with the cards depending on what card you you get i'm gonna give it two f's oh because you hated it no she it's hated, fine she hated it on principle not um, yeah right not no. leave the your two, principles okay. at the door no, 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 what do you no. think about okay, it okay let me explain my two f system <laughs> okay okay on one you hand it was fun <laughs> Okay. My system for reading okay. games. Wait, can we my, each have a system? My 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 <laughs> Larry, two. Larry David, two thumbs down. He's Stop like, oh. talking about that guy. He goes, oh, he goes two thumbs down. So original. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two Fs. Okay. Okay, go ahead. The first F was it was frustrating. Okay. It was very frustrating because it was hard for me to get a handle on this game where it felt kind of co-op-y, but it wasn't co-op-y. Um, so it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. And so like like you said... <laughs> so um, the other F is fun? Yeah. Well, frustrating, yet fun. fun. That's or a, frustrating I, and fun at the same time. That's you know? a recommendation I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> Play New Angeles, frustrating and fun. <laughs> But yeah, New Angeles, I say play it. Pace, you say play it. I say play it. Uh, I say try it at the very least. I say have fun and get frustrated. (laughs) Isn't that what we're all doing now? (laughs) And then Mysterium, Chris says play it, Pace. Definitely play it. And Momoko. Fun and fantastic. That's still two Fs. You can't have the two F system mean two different things. No, I think she hers. I think Momoko's system is she's going to use the F's for everything. Yeah. So if it's bad, you'll say like, "Yeah." Oh, that's clever. I so like that. then you'll, your gimmick I'll will be like failure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what would be the other F? Or fucked up. I'm getting. I'm, I'm envious. I want to make a unique. You need a system now. Do the thumbs. Two thumbs down. That's not original. <laughs> Mysterium is fun and fantastic. Okay. 
Family. I say I, family I'm, fun. Mine's boring. Play it. Play them both. They're good games. Play it. We want to talk about tension though, Captain Sonar. Oh, but we won't get into that. Next yeah. time. Short short version. Play it. Play it. It's good. All right, go to the show. My name is Dahlia, and this is my story. I grew up in a small town in southeastern Colorado, where nothing ever happens. All there was there to do was consume alcohol and or drugs, which of course is what most people decide to do as it's a town where other options don't really present themselves. People were born there, they went to school there, they married there, and they died there. People who were blessed with the right combination of luck and drive were able to escape. Those people are hailed as heroes. I am one of those people. Up until very recently, I can say without reservation that it was my biggest accomplishment. Though now, I regret every day since I've left there. It began seven days ago at school. I'm a parapsychology and occult studies major. I know, it pretty much prepares me for a lifelong career teaching or if I'm lucky scamming people out of their money by channeling their loved ones as a medium. Class is ending and Dr. Fisher was reminding everyone not to procrastinate on their final reports. Remember, don't play JIT games. It's not worth it. What's JIT? Just in time, of course. <laughs> he did not have the best sense of humor. That's all I got. Remember, there's no class this Thursday, but I will have the usual hours in my office. Have a good one. Excuse me, Dr. Fisher? Yes, Dahlia. I was hoping to get an extension on my paper. Oh, well... I know you hate to do it, but... Well, Dahlia, I have to ask why. My grandmother is really sick. It technically wasn't a lie. She's always really sick. I suppose that's fine. Your teacher's pet, Dahlia. That's why you're able to get away with it. Just don't tell any of your classmates. Don't want to proliferate jealousy. What's that? <clears throat> oh, nothing. Just uh, research on a personal hobby. Merci. I'm not sure it's the best idea for a multitude of reasons, Dahlia. Just some local hooey. That's what we're all about, isn't it? Hooey? <sighs> this is a recent article. Yes. Mm, mm. Missing tome. 
It's a very old volume. What are we talking? Like Necronomicon? Read it over if you like. But be careful, Dahlia. Drop it off in my mailbox when you're done. After that, Dr. Fisher looked noticeably spooked. He scuffed out of the lecture hall and stopped to speak with Dr. Gillespie. He taught chemistry, I think. It was uncanny. It read like a horror novel. Apparently, some local rich importer named Richard Tyrell got a hold of some book called Loquentis Mortus Est, a book that allegedly explains how to speak with the dead. The guy's parents died tragically, and after a long search, he got a hold of the book only to have it stolen. Also, the man was found dead a week later. Hey, Dahlia, what you reading? Spencer is cool. However, it gets awkward sometimes because I know he likes me, though I've made it clear that I prefer other women. Nothing, just school stuff. What's new with you? Want to hit up the drive-in tonight? They're doing a showing of the mummy. That's awesome. I would, but I have some school stuff I need to work on. Okay, well, text me if you get bored. The article was written by a dude named Stockton. The investigating officer was a Detective Wilson. Two leads to go off. Time to start my wild goose chase. I found myself in the office of Stockton at the Weekly Trumpeter. He didn't look like a reporter. For some reason, all reporters in my head have bow ties and suspenders. Yeah, are you from the university? Journalism major? What's up? I don't have much time. I'm not a journalist. Mind if we walk and talk? I'm on a deadline. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you about the article you More specific? The Tyrell theft. Sells papers! I got a lot of mileage out of that one. What can you tell me? Not much. Rich guy buys a book, book gets stolen, rich guy gets killed. Wait, was he murdered for the book? What's the connection? Well, I don't know that for a fact. The cops did not see any sign of murder. Heart attack, I think, was the official cause. Huh? The same day the book was stolen? Maybe not the exact same day. Uh, plus, I don't believe in coincidences. Plus, there's rumors. Rumors about what? <sighs> you know, spook the look type stuff. Stuff I can't print. The whammy stuff. Whammy? You know, hoodoo stuff that gets attached to the book. Hoodoo? Look, bottom line, I believe the guy was killed somehow for the book. The spooky stuff I was referring to was that anyone who opens the book allegedly dies seven days later. Nonsense. Look, I have to go. Dies? Really? I have to go. Just ask. Ask who? The book was recovered. Recovered? Look, I have to go. I'm glad you decided to come out, Dahlia. Yeah, me too. You okay, Dahlia? You, you seem distracted. Yeah. Just a lot on my mind. Anything at all that I can help with? No, I don't think so. Just school stuff. Tell me about it. I have a huge report that I should be writing that I haven't even started yet. And it's due tomorrow. <sighs> I just... I just have a bad feeling. About what? After calling nearly every curios, antique, and junk shop in town, I finally found the location of the proverbial tome. 
Thank you, ma'am. Have a good day. Hi. Hello, young miss. What can I do for you? I called about the book, Loquentis Mortus Est. Oh, so you're the one. I'm sorry, the one? Nothing. Just a lot of interest in the particular edition. You know about the Tyrell murder, I take it? Yes. Hell of a story. As you probably can imagine, I have had plenty of interest. Not only because of the rarity and provenance, but also the fact that it was connected to a murder. Well, I'm from the university. I'm doing a report. Tyrell. He had no family to speak of. I do know that his parents died tragically. One could easily assume that he was using the book to connect with his parents in the great beyond. How much? Well, due to their interest, it's worth $30,000. Retail, easy. Oh? But for you, I'll cut the price in half, my gift to a struggling college student. I really can't afford that. Well, I'm sorry, young miss. I can't sell it for any less than that. Could we work out some sort of library deal? Hmm. I'm not necessarily opposed to something like that. What do you have in mind? I can leave you with my car. Oh, what do you drive? A BMW 750. Oh, works for me. I don't know what came over me. I needed to possess this book. I still can't believe you left your dad's car. He won't ever know. Thanks for the ride, by the way, Spencer. No problem. So that? This is what all the fuss is about? Yeah, pretty cool, right? Oh no, it's a big dusty book. Let me see it. Be careful. How do you open these locks? We can pry them open. Uh, what's it about? It's supposed to help you reach out to the dead. Whoa, we can talk to zombies? The dead. Let's crack this baby open. Wait, Spencer! What? Well, you know, Mr. Tyrell died after opening this, right? Yeah, I heard about that. He was robbed, wasn't he? Well, I also heard that people who open the book die seven days later. <laughs> Come on, Dahlia. You don't believe things like that. No, but... Hello! May I have a seat? Mm, okay... I'm Detective Wilson. I was in charge of the Tyrell case. As I understand it, you are now in possession of a certain book. That much is obvious. What's your interest? Hmm, well, I can ask you the same thing, right? You can. But I figure it would be obvious to a smart kid like you. A man was murdered over this book. Now I find it in your possession. That makes you a person of interest. A suspect? A person of interest. I'm borrowing it. I know all about it. Just be careful. How is this recovered, by the way? May I suggest you hurry with whatever you're going to do with it and take it back to where you got it ASAP? Wow. He was kind of creepy about this whole thing, wasn't he? Yeah, he really was. <laughs>
I didn't sign up for this. You can leave at any time. If I'd have known we were going to play Ouija board, I would have stayed home tonight. You scared? No. It's just that I don't see the point. I'm trying to recreate the events that lead up to Tyrell getting killed, and we can't do that unless we open the book here. Uh, cool. Um, so are we going to open it? Yes. What are you waiting for? Don't rush me. Here goes nothing. What's it say? It's in Latin. Oh. Let he who reads this serve as a conduit to a different plane of existence. Such high power does not come without payment. Open your mind as the universe lessons. Let your mind, spirit, and soul focus into another realm. Uh, Dahlia? Where's that rumbling coming from? Let all who exist forever in every realm communicate. Through your being, rise. Rise, hold on, and open the door and let yourself be. Hello? Anyone? Anyone there? Why am I tied up? Hello? Hello? Help! Help! Anyone there? Let me go! At that point, a large figure came in. I couldn't see him because I couldn't lift my head, but I heard him. Then, as he looked over me, I saw him. He was wearing some sort of headdress and a mask. I couldn't make out what it was. He then took off the mask. Hello, Dahlia. Well, send help! You've got to get me out of here! I told you to be careful, Dahlia. Just be careful. What? What do you mean? Untie me! I can't. You aren't well. Where's Spencer? Help me! What's going on? So many images were jumbled in my head. I couldn't even remember what Spencer looked like. Another mask came up. Bow tie. Stockton? Bingo! Going to get my story out of this. Where's Spencer? Spencer, help me! Spencer? Who is she talking about? There's no one else involved, right? No one else. Incredible. Someone else over me now. They were wearing a hood. I told you to be careful, Dahlia. Be careful, Dahlia. I wish it wasn't you. Dr. Fisher? Just be calm, Dahlia. Where's Spencer? Oh, Dahlia, there is no Spencer. What? Side effect of a drug that Dr. Gillespie synthesized. It causes hallucinations. No! What are you talking about? The newspaper. Just relax, Dahlia. The newspaper? I was quite amazed you were conscious for as long as you were. Dr. Fisher! Relax, Dahlia. It will all be over soon. I was able to get my head up. I, I couldn't see any of the room. All I saw were cloaked figures moving in. So tired. Suddenly, 
I wasn't afraid anymore. I Hope you enjoyed that one. Again, email us anytime at the Puget Sound Board Game Players at gmail.com for any story ideas. Teacher's Pet was written by Chris Dowalder and starred Momoko, Pace Garrett, and Chris Dowalder. Teacher's Pet was inspired by Mysterium by Asmodee. Julian Alexander does all of our original artwork, which can be viewed at our website at boardgameplayers.com. Email us at the Puget Sound Board Game Players at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.